Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trade is the nothing personal word of the day. It is Friday, December 9th, 2022, and we are talking about a trade, not a trade that happened in Major League Baseball or the National Football League. We're talking about a trade that took place on a much different level. Brittany Griner has been traded to the United States for Victor Bout. This happened while I was taping the Levitard show yesterday. And we got into a discussion. I don't think it made it to the air. But it was very important for me to have this discussion with you here today because there's a lot of misunderstanding out there. And I want to make things clear what I think. And I just want you to have the ability to decide what you think. We are such a polarized nation. You cannot separate this trade from our political climate. I am unwilling to have you think of this in only one way, which is Brittany Griner was unlawfully detained for carrying hash and she needed to be home and reunited with her wife and get back to playing basketball with the WNBA. There's more. When Brittany Griner was detained, it got a ton of attention. There was tremendous pressure put on Joe Biden to get her free. This is all under the umbrella of the war that Russia has waged in Ukraine. The tensions between the US and Russia are an all time high would be hard to say because of the Cold War, but they're not great. We're not talking allied forces right now. Joe Biden has to make promises that he's gonna do everything he can and Russia is paying attention. Prisoner trades have been going on for decades. They did a whole movie about it, nominated for Oscars. Go watch Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks. True story about prisoner exchanges. We watched it on Homeland with Mandy Patinkin and Claire Danes. When you do a trade in sports, you are looking at valuing wins. You're looking at contracts. You're looking at your payroll. You're thinking about your finances. You're thinking about production. There's no lives at stake. There's no freedom at stake. 
the worst trade I ever made. It obviously pales in comparison to the pressure that is going on in Washington. The difficulty that a player has when he is traded in the middle of a season and has to uproot his family, it pales in comparison to when somebody has lost their freedom. As you know, this is a trigger for me because freedom is the only thing that I can't do without. Told you that I can stand up right now in the middle of this recording and walk out. Brittany Griner went to Russia and we were distracted by the fact that she had to play there because there's not equal pay in the United States. We were distracted by the fact that she had to supplement her income so she played winter ball, the equivalent of baseball winter ball, and had with her, in theory, or admittedly, a weed pen. Not the end of the world. She probably hasn't seen Midnight Express from 1978, something that scared all of us straight who had born in the 60s or 70s, having nothing to do with any relationship between us and Russia, us and Mexico, us and Germany, us and anywhere. It's all about what's a crime where? What is the cost-benefit analysis of you doing what you do? There is one cost to going 10 miles per hour over the speed limit. There's one cost to bringing a weed pen. And there's another cost to bringing a square grouper across an ocean. Brittany Griner gets detained. And we all know very clearly that this was easy pickings for Russia. Do you think Russia is the only country that's in the business of detaining U.S. citizens? There's plenty of countries in the business of detaining citizens of other countries because they are used as pawns. They are used for trades. The minute Brittany Griner got taken, there was no doubt that she was going to come home. It was going to be a matter of when and for how much. Time passes, midterm elections are happening. People on the right are screaming. People on the left are screaming even louder. Make the deal, no matter what. Russia knows they've got leverage, like in sports when you have leverage, you can take advantage. And guess what? They wanted Victor Boot taken out of prison in Illinois. The subject of a movie with Nicolas Cage called Lord of War, please watch it if you haven't. That was unreal. I don't even think you heard that on Levitar. My first comment when I heard this was she got traded for Nicolas Cage and I got eviscerated because I didn't stand up and say how great it was that she was coming home, how happy I was that she was going to be reunited. Of course, I'm happy when anybody is reunited with their family. Of course, I don't think you should be in a Russian penal colony for having a weed pen with you. But my point was I couldn't think of Victor Boot's name at the time, and I wanted people to understand that this was a trade. That's all this was. This was not about Joe Biden wanting to reunite Brittany Griner with her wife. This was about Joe Biden needing to deal with a political issue and waiting till after the midterms to do it. If Brittany Griner were not famous, she'd be Paul Whelan. Paul Whelan was not known by many people until yesterday when the question was, why didn't he get to come home as part of the trade? Why wasn't it a two for one? Well, Russia only wanted Victor Boot and they weren't going to give up two for one. You don't give up two players for one player. 
when the value of the player is so significant. And the value of the significant player was Brittany Griner because there was so much attention brought to her case simply because of who she is. And she is a class, what, G celebrity? Imagine if they had taken Brad Pitt when this deal would have closed or Sean Penn. So Victor Boot was serving time for killing thousands of not just Americans, but tens of thousands of people around the world because he was an illegal arms dealer, partially maybe paid by the United States, but that's like saying that you gave permission to someone to do one thing and all of a sudden they do 20 things and say, hey, I had permission to do the one. Well, you didn't have permission to do the other 19. He was feeding automatic weapons for civil wars throughout Africa. All of everyone talking about the deaths. How about the hundreds of thousands, millions of people dead in Africa because of civil war? All because, mostly because, partially because, does it really matter? Because Victor Boot was supplying arms. So the announcement gets made and I immediately got to thinking about all the people who are imprisoned in China currently in, wrongly, the other people like Paul Wellen imprisoned in Russia. And I was tempered in my reaction. And the reason I was tempered in my reaction is that I really had no great care for Brittany Griner versus Paul Wellen versus the scores of people whose name I don't know. They're all the same in my mind. People who don't have their freedom, who should have their freedom. I don't care if Paul Whelan was not the greatest guy in the world. I don't care whatever sullying you want to do. If you're on the left or whatever fiction you want to give me if you're on the right, don't care. Paul Whelan was in the military. Does that make Joe Biden un-American? I hate America because he didn't bring Paul Whelan home in this trade. Are you kidding me that that's your view? Joe Biden's brilliant, a genius because he got Brittany Griner home. Are you kidding? Because that's your view? Both sides of this who have a view just because of where you are politically, you're both wrong. The way it works, and we do have to talk about it. You can't take a microphone, have a platform and say, I'm not gonna make this political. It is political. We talk politics on nothing personal. I'm not gonna shy away from the fact that this was political. It was solely political. It was only political. Part of political is name recognition. Part of political is understanding what voters are saying, what caucuses are saying, what advisors are saying. You think that the Democratic advisors weren't told that you better get Brittany Griner home by Christmas because you let this go long enough and they continue to bring it up time and time again? You think people on the right weren't waiting for this sort of trade so they could say, thank God they didn't get Whalen back? If they'd gotten Whalen back, we'd have no choice but to say, great trade, Joe. Now they get to say, shitty trade. And my point is, when you criticize a baseball trade, great. When you criticize a trade that's made at that level, you better know everything that's going on. I grew up going to Hebrew school and 
learning about Israel. We reviewed a movie called Munich here a while ago when we talked about when Israel negotiates with terrorists, when they don't. The problem with negotiating with terrorists, the strict rule that you cannot negotiate with terrorists, and then there are casualties of war. There are necessary casualties of war. There's an entire philosophy that I've espoused on this show by John Stuart Mill called the greater good theory, where if something's bad for one person but good for five people, then you do it. What's the greater good is what prevails. Is it the greater good that Brittany Griner was traded for Victor Boot? What lesson has been learned by Russia with this trade? Never got this much attention. There were pockets of attention for Paul Whelan, for the prisoners in China, pockets of attention, various websites. Brittany Griner was a whole new ballgame. Russia got a taste of what it's like to nab someone famous. Whatever level of fame you have, anything above zero, be careful. Because Russia learned a lesson yesterday. They have a very smart move now. Get someone popular. Get someone on the left. And you are going to get more than you have to give. When you mess up a trade in sports... You're subject to sports talk radio. You're subject to comments. You're subject to ridicule. And then at the end of the day, if it really is bad, you're subject to losing your job. When you make a bad trade in politics, does it impact more people? You're damn right. If you are trading pork inside a bill, that impacts thousands, if not millions of people. When you are filibustering, when you are standing on ceremony and making sure that certain rights of women disappear, you are impacting tens of millions of people. Sports doesn't have that impact. It's just sports. It's just entertainment. What's happening at the level of a Britney Griner Victor Boot trade is not entertainment. It's not based on Twitter comments. It's based on very real pressures that are put on political parties to make a political trade. This is not the Bernie Sanders $1 at a time campaign that freed Britney Griner. This is a far bigger political issue about the midterms about 2024, and about all the other things that go on inside Congress that are all based on Congress people and politicians keeping their jobs once they get them, raising money in order to keep their jobs once they get them, and figuring out the best way to do that all on the world stage with lives at stake. We cannot be naive thinking that this was done as a way to pacify Adam Silver, as a way to pacify the LGBTQ community, athletes around the country. No. This was a trade that Joe Biden felt pressured into because of what's going on politically in our country right now. And he felt this loss 
would be too great to take. Can you ever win a trade that you've lost? In sports, the answer is yes. And in politics, the answer is yes. What happens now going forward is that Brittany Griner and her wife, they're going to campaign. Their lives will change. They will campaign for the freedom of Paul Whelan. Paul Whelan immediately came out with a comment and a comment that made sense to me. I'm greatly disappointed that more has not been done to secure my release, especially as the four-year anniversary of my arrest is coming up. That would be my comment. He was rumored to be in the deal and then was out of the deal. The Whalen family said they're very happy Brittany Griner is on her way home. I can only imagine the joy she will have being reunited with her loved ones in time for the holidays. The Biden administration made the right decision to bring Miss Griner home and to make the deal that was possible rather than waiting for one that wasn't going to happen. The Whalen family took the high road because they could have had a wholly different statement. How would you have reacted if their statement instead had been more like Paul's, which is, hey, that's great, but what about me? I've been here four years. Espionage, military, whatever. What about me? Or the other nameless, faceless prisoners, all who could have come out through their families. What about me? What about me as a concept that lives in politics, it lives in crime, it lives in advocacy, negotiation, sports. You give money to one center fielder, the next center fielder says, what about me? You give it to one teammate, the teammate says, you have money for him, what about me? What about me is one of the great phrases in our vocabulary. It's incredibly selfish, right? What if you're right though? What if the one time that you say, what about me? It's not for your own prurient interests. It's actually for what's right. Brittany Griner traded for Victor Boot. Okay, Coca. Are you happy to be a Mets fan again today? I don't even know how you transition to the Mets, but you have to. Back to sports for something. I got to talk about it. Don't hang up. Is it hang up? That was made me sound very old. Don't pause or fast forward because you're going to want to hear this. At least I hope you do. Brandon Nimmo is back with the Mets for eight years, $160 million. Hip, hip, hooray. David Robertson was signed by the Mets. The uh, 38-year-old reliever, they gave him $10 million. Played for the Yankees, you may recognize him. The Mets payroll is now at $333 million, a full $40 million over the Steve Cohn tax. Are you rejoicing as a Mets fan? Hell yeah. Are you despondent as a Marlins fan? Hell yeah. Are you worried as a Braves fan? Don't be. Braves still have a better team. Braves haven't made much of a splash, have they? You can't make a splash every year. Sometimes you got to put your team together and be right and let them be good together the way the Braves are. 
There are owners who don't have that point of view because they haven't won a World Series, so they feel as though they have to add, they have to do something. They cannot afford to let their own player go. I think the Houston Astros would have re-signed Nimmo. Are you remembering the same Astros who let Springer go? The same Astros who let Correa go? The same Astros who've been to the World Series four to six years and won twice? Is anybody watching the Astros and what they do? We always say baseball is a copycat league. Nope, it's not. Baseball is about now which owner is willing to lose the most money on an annual basis. Stop getting in my Twitter at David P. Sampson and telling me that I'm anti-players getting paid. I'm not. I am more than happy for players to get paid as much money as they can. As a matter of fact, we would root for overpayments done by our competitors. We would keep track, me and Mike Hill, me and Larry Bonfest. We had a group of contracts that we would review every year and mark to market those contracts. That means if a player's getting $25 million, we would look at the end of the year, what was that season worth? What is that player worth right now? If that player's worth 40, that team got a $15 million benefit. If that player's worth five, that team got a $20 million loss for that player. Bunch of contracts that are signed where we evaluated a player differently, where we didn't see that giving Verlander 30, not $43 million for two years, we would have given him $50 million for one year, let's say. So we'll watch the Verlander contract and not see what he does this year, but look what he does in 2024 when he's got a four-handle trying to be one of the three pitchers ever to pitch at that age without steroids. And do it without steroids, I mean. So I told you a couple days ago that I was proud of the Mets and as a Mets fan, you should be happy because the Mets were being so smart by letting DeGrom go. Now they bring Nimmo in for eight years, paying him again till he's 38, 39 years old. You've got to not fall in love with your own guys. When they make it easy, then there's nothing to talk about, right? Jacob DeGrom comes to you and says, hey, I got five years from Texas. You say, good luck, see you later. Jacob DeGrom had a chance to be graceful yesterday, and Jacob DeGrom did what players do that simply makes my stomach turn. And Jacob DeGrom is a nice enough guy. Met him many, many times. But do you think it's strange that he had a press conference introducing himself to the Rangers and said, I joined the Rangers because of their commitment to winning the World Series? Did that remind you of Manny Machado saying, I joined the Padres because I like their minor league system? Mike Hampton, I joined the Rockies because I like their school system. My favorite player in this regard was a guy named Andrew McCutcheon, who's a free agent again, who when he signed his deal with the Phillies, he stood up there and said, man, no one offered me even close to that amount of money. Hell yeah. That's what I want you to say, Jacob. Five years? I had no shot at five years from anyone else. When they said five years, I said, I'm on my way. He left a team. It's not like he left the Marlins or the Royals. He left the Mets. That's like someone leaving the Dodgers saying, hey, I'm leaving because I want to have a chance to win. Huh? Or Aaron Judge leaving the Yankees saying, hey, I want to be in a big city. Come on. It soured me on Jacob. There's no reason he couldn't have just said it. 
What, is he going to make Ray Davis feel badly? Do you think the owner of the Texas Rangers and Chris Young, the new GM, do you think they don't know they overpaid? Here's how it actually works. The commissioner's office calls up the Rangers after that signing and says, what the hell are you doing? Jacob DeGrom is a two to three year contract at most and you went five years. There was no one even close to you. That's their way of not violating the labor agreement. They don't call the teams. They don't call the teams early. They don't speak to the teams other than to say, hey, you sign whoever you want for however much money you want. But are you really thinking about it? We value this free agent as two years, $30 million. And you're looking at five years, $100 million. Hmm. I wonder who your competition is. Who do you think it may be? You think the union doesn't know this? You think the league doesn't know this? You think agents don't know this? You think agents aren't doing the same thing, drumming up Aaron Judge, we find out, made up the whole San Francisco video of getting to the airport? Come on. They're playing us. We're playing them. Welcome to the business of sports, where lives are not at stake and neither is freedom. Jacob DeGrom going for a winning team. It's laughable. Is anyone more committed to winning the World Series than Steve Cohn? I don't know. I don't, I, how could you say that? Maybe John Middleton with the Phillies? Put him up there. Peter Seidler with the Padres? In. All right, we come back. We're going to review a movie that made me cry. And I want to talk about it because it was personal. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Netflix. And of course, Baker Mayfield's going to make the show. We'll be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers... Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. How are you? It is Friday, December 9th. 23 years ago today, there was a kernel of a birth of what Nothing Personal would become. First day in baseball. I was sitting in uh, La Reine Elizabeth the Queen Elizabeth Hotel in Montreal, about to go to a press conference on December 9th, 1999. 
as Jeffrey Loria was introduced as the controlling partner, the general partner of the Montreal Expos, replacing Claude Brochu, I sat in the front row. On our way to the press conference, I said to Jeffrey as we were getting in the elevator, I said, are you ready? Because I don't know what this journey is going to be, but we're going to do it together. And by the way, being in Florida, winning the World Series, none of that was even a kernel of a possibility. The only thing on our mind was, would we be able to do the French interviews and whether or not we'd have to give up an arm and a leg to get Hideki Arabu and how much it was going to cost to get Graham Lloyd. That was on our mind. That was 23 years ago today. There are people out there who remember that press conference. All right, I watched a movie. This was not suggested by anyone, but I'm now suggesting it to everyone. I saw it on Netflix as I was rifling through, looking through some titles that you would give me, and I came across Senior. Senior is a documentary done by Robert Downey Jr. about his father, Robert Downey Sr. Robert Downey Sr. passed away recently from Parkinson's. I did not know anything about Robert Downey Sr. other than he was in the industry. This 89-minute tribute to his father taught me what he did. It gave very intimate moments about the end of his life and the experience of junior and senior, father and son, as the father heads toward the end. I never got that with my father, not because I didn't have a camera. I never got it with my father because the end happened in a way that made the journey to the end impossible to actually do other thing, anything other than sit in hospital rooms. So many of us document things on our phones now. We're taking videos, taking videos of ourselves, we're taking videos of our kids. If you've got parents who are alive or older relatives or anybody, because sometimes younger relatives can just wake up one day, be sick, and then they're going to die. Because that happened to me too. You don't have to video someone to spend quality time with them, but if that is the medium that you share, then do it. If the medium you share is the business that you do together or the medium you share is watching sports together or the medium you share is talking about politics or taking walks, Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Downey Sr. shared cinema together. And they took that shared love and they journeyed toward the end of his dad's life. And this is not all roses and unicorns. Robert Downey Jr. was an addict because of his father. His father introduced him to drugs because that's what his father was doing. They were pounding lines and joints together. It is a poignant document documentary because A, it was interesting to learn about him and that relationship, senior and that relationship, but far more interesting and what gets me more is when I can watch something and internalize it and make it my story and think about it from my perspective. And that's what I did. It's called Senior. You may want to watch it. When you are a CEO of a company, you have a lot of responsibilities. When you run a public company, you are not just answering to your employees and working with your employees. You're answering to Wall Street, 
You're answering to the owners of your company, which is everyone who owns stock in your company. You report to a board of directors who has a fiduciary duty to make sure that the money of a public company is handled correctly. The sole purpose of every business, this is episode 713, Coca, and I hope that I've said this 713 times. When you own a sports team, it's a business. When you own a corner convenience store, it's a business. When you start your own marketing firm, it's a business. When you run a publicly traded company, it's a business. What do all businesses have in common? They want profit. Why is that something that sports fans are so reticent to acknowledge? Because they don't care. They want their team to win. All right. They don't care because they can enjoy the product without paying for the product. Some people pay by get, having an RSN. Some people pay by getting a streaming service. Some people pay by getting a ticket to go to the game. And some people get free rides. Guess who pays for all the people with free rides? Those are the people who look at box scores, who look at highlights who watch games at bars or friends' houses, but they're not part of the economic equation that makes a sports team go. But they get to take advantage of it anyway. It is a very dangerous business when you allow too many free riders because it increases the cost of those who actually pay for the service. It's why all these companies stop pirating or stop illegal t-shirts being sold outside of a game because then the people who pay the leagues to sell the t-shirts with the logos on them are gonna be upset because people are buying t-shirts from companies that don't pay the league. So the league is angry because they're not getting paid by the people selling the t-shirts and the people who do pay to sell the t-shirts are angry because they pay for the exclusive right to sell the t-shirts. One company is a free rider, one company is participating in the economics of the company. Whatever your view is of whether you think sports is a business, Steve Cohn and other owners notwithstanding, who from time to time are willing to take operational losses, it is not sustainable, won't be sustained, because at some point the tax benefits for Steve Cohn will disappear and he will not want to write checks no matter how rich he is year after year when he sees year after year it's not ending in a ring. When you run a public company, you don't have that leeway. You don't have the ability to say, hey, we're not profitable now, but let me tell you something, this is worth it because we're gonna have an Oscar-winning movie this year and that's all that matters. The CEO of Netflix came out with a perfect quote yesterday. When on a call with analysts, he said, listen, we are likely not going to be living in the live sports arena. He was asked about Netflix not offering live sports and he said, I'm not gonna close the doors, but I'll tell you live sports, it's so expensive, it's a loss leader. Do you remember when Fox took the rights to the NFL and Pete Rizal and Roger Goodell, they all said how great the NFL is, they got all this TV money from Fox. Do you know why Fox got the rights to the NFL? Because it's how they introduced their channel. 
it was a loss leader for them, an acknowledged loss leader. There was no way to make money. You can make up whatever economics you want. We can do 20 business sports podcasts with John Skipper. And I will ask him and he will not be able to tell you directly by showing you financial statements that the actual deals, not the overall business, but the actual amount of money paid, paid to the leagues for their rights is profitable. He can certainly show you overall profit. And he had to as a public company, part of Disney. Well, Netflix trades, what, of over 300 coca? They don't need a loss leader. You're not tuning in to Netflix because they have live sports. Amazon Prime is a perfect example. They took the plunge. Guess what? All of the new subscribers that they say signed into Amazon Prime to watch Thursday night football, how many of them got rid of it after the 30-day trial? How many of them converted? How much new business is Amazon doing on Amazon Prime because of football? Do you think it adds up to the amount of money they spent with the NFL? We're going to find out. Does Jeff Bezos care about a loss leader? He's fine with a loss leader as long as he can show in his mind and his stockholders that all of the people who associate the NFL with Amazon Prime get Prime and then shop on Prime, and that is what's driving their business. Netflix would have a very hard time of saying that people are paying a subscription fee for movies and original content, and they're doing it and staying because they get some sort of sports live Sports property. They have 223 million subscribers. But what Netflix has done that the other streaming companies have not is they're profitable. Why would you screw up your profit to have an ego asset? Hey, we broadcast the NFL or MLB or the NBA. If you are one of the major leagues right now, you are very unhappy with this epiphany and with this public proclamation by the Netflix CEO because you want as many companies competing for your rights, both nationally and locally as possible. We're not anti-sports, he said. We're just pro-profit. I may want that on my tombstone. I'm not anti-players. I'm not anti-players making money. I'm not anti-sports. I'm not anti-union. I'm pro-profit. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Personal pick of the day. Were you worried Rams plus six? Were you thinking we had the push? Baker Mayfield comes on Tuesday to LA, gets introduced to players, doesn't remember their names without the back of the jersey, has the plays written on his wrist, has an earpiece, hey, throw left. If there's single coverage and you see a safety, go toward the middle. You're going to have one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. Try to lay it in there for a 23-yard touchdown with nine seconds left, down six, and make the greatest 98-yard comeback with a bunch of penalties, pass interference, and all sorts of other things, unsportsmanlike conduct, whatever. We had it. The Rams and Baker Mayfield plus six was a winner. We are 143 and 119. I wasn't scared to take the points. Good on Baker Mayfield. If you're Josh McDaniels, are you despondent today? I think you have to be, right? You know what, Coco? We're going to do a, uh, a wait to see on this if you don't mind. I don't see how McDaniels is coaching the Raiders next year. They've given up so many double-digit leads. 
They've lost, they lost to Jeff Saturday in his first game. They lost to Baker Mayfield in his first game after two days. I think at some point, Mark Davis has to realize that we took him in. We miss Gruden. But man, that's an official way to see, put it in the book, that the coach of the Raiders will be different next season. All right. We've got three picks for you this weekend. It is quarterfinal time. Listen quickly because the first game is today. Brazil over Croatia is my pick today. Brazil is going to the semifinals in the World Cup tomorrow. You know I have France winning the World Cup, defending it for the first time since 1962. Mbappe is the golden boot leader right now for the most goals. France is, to me, the best team. Although, man, there's some good ones left, obviously. I'm taking France over England. Sunday, Vikings plus two at Detroit. I'm fine with Dan Campbell. I really am. I mean, we have a way to see that he's not going to survive his contract. But all of a sudden, he's giving points at home to the Vikings? Nope. It's a sucker bet. Vikings plus two at Detroit. Okay. Did you see what the House Oversight Committee did yesterday? We are going to bring this show and this week full circle. Lest you think that there's no intersection of sports and politics. You don't think it anymore after this show. Or you shouldn't think it after 713 of these. Non-mailbag and non-sit-downs. The House Oversight Committee released their report and made it public something that the NFL did not do when they investigated Danny Boy and the commanders and the sexual misconduct, the misogyny, the harassment, brought in a joke law firm lawyer. They're a good lawyer in law firm, actually. I only said that to try to get a rise out of somebody. So let me tell you, they're a great law firm who the NFL hired. But their report was never made public. The House Oversight made a report public yesterday where a couple things came out about Danny Boy that are worth noting. One, Danny Boy did testify before the committee from his yacht. And he was represented by lawyers who represented the Wolf of Wall Street people from the movie because while he was eating Danish and croissant and having some pasta, he just said, I don't remember. I don't know. That doesn't sound familiar. No, I don't remember that. I can't recall that. That's not taking the fifth. That is being totally disingenuous and lying. That's right, Danny. You know what you know. You know exactly what went on with the commanders. You can say you don't remember all you want. It doesn't fly here, and it didn't fly with the House Oversight Committee. But this became a totally political thing where the right is so furious that they sent a letter saying, we wasted taxpayer money. We are investigating a private company. What an absolute witch hunt. The left came out and said, here's our report. We are trying to make workplaces safer around the country. And yes, we are using the NFL and the commanders as an example because that is the world in which we live in. People pay attention when sports owners and sports teams get in trouble. Maybe somebody will change their behavior who runs a company. Maybe one piece of crap like Snyder who's out there and there's scores of them, maybe one of them will say, wow, I better not do that. I better not force women to undress, make sure pictures are taken, show off cheerleaders or show off women to clients, all of the myriad things that the commanders were doing. 
if one company changes because one man changes, then this oversight committee will have done its job. The other thing that came out during the investigation is the culpability of Roger Goodell. The NFL can tell you all at once that it's above the fray. The NFL knew exactly what was going on with the commanders. It had been brought to their attention. They started an investigation that they knew where it was going to result because, as we've told you, no league starts an investigation without knowing where it ends. The end is written before the beginning happens. Hey, we're going to wait and see. You think that leagues ever do wait to seize? No, they can't afford that. Have you ever heard of a lawyer in litigation asking questions on cross-examination, what the number one rule is? Don't ask a question that you don't know the answer to. It's the number one rule. It should be the rule in your work. It should be the rule in your life. The NFL knew exactly what was happening. They hired someone, just as all these different companies. That's the number one play in the playbook. We're having an internal investigation. And then we're going to hire an independent external law firm called Samson and Coca to do an investigation so we can show you that we are getting better. The NFL had statements yesterday. All we know is that we want 32 teams to have free workplaces. Hold on, let me check. Page two. Oh, right. Okay. At the NFL, we believe that everyone should feel safe and comfortable in their work atmosphere. We have made it our business to make sure that 32 teams are run in that manner. Horse hockey. Everybody says the same thing. There's abuse happening in hockey. We want everyone to feel safe. There's harassment happening in our company. We want everyone to feel safe. What are you doing about it? Not quite sure. Ah, we're going to do an investigation. We're going to have a fall guy, and that'll be that. We'll make Daniel Snyder sell the team, and then everything's going to be good until the next crisis. We'll see you then. Another thing that came out in this is that Daniel Snyder, it turns out, did hire investigators to find stuff about Roger Goodell and various other people. Dan Snyder said, no, I, I don't even know what they were for. I knew I hired investigators, but I wasn't exactly positive what they were doing. Is that a good one or not? You think that someone like Danny Boy had a group of investigators doing things and he, Mr. I control everything, doesn't know what their engagement is for? Does that pass the smell test to you in any way, shape or form? If you wanna have some light reading over the weekend, you should read the entire report I plan on reading the whole report because I'm, I want to laugh and I want to, I like reading. I read the statements from the House. I read the statements from the left, from the right, from the NFL, from Snyder, from Snyder's attorneys who said this was a witch hunt from the beginning. We learned nothing new. What a waste of time. It's totally down political lines. Just horrific. The NFL should be ashamed of itself, but they're trying to get rid of the problem as quickly as possible. Okay. When a bad signing happens in baseball, it often leads to more bad signings. When Scott Boris sees what the market is, 
he's very happy because he gets to take advantage of owners who are feeling left out. There was never a more important time for me to deal with our owner than after the winter meetings. Other than one year when we were the hit of the winter meetings and won the off season, there is a need of owners when they feel left out to make headlines, to get themselves involved. When you need that, you have no leverage and you make bad decisions. Hey, we tried to get X, now we're gonna pivot and get Y immediately. That doesn't work well. The Mets didn't get DeGrom, pivoted, got Verlander. Smart move, only two years. The Padres don't get Judge, they go get Turner. The Red Sox don't get Bogarts, who are they gonna get? When there is an available pitcher in the market and he's the best available pitcher, there is something very important for a good executive to do is to tell his owner, there'll be someone else next year. We don't need Wei-Yin Chen. We don't need Carlos Rodon. He'd be great to have, but six years, $200 million? There is no circumstance under which any team should sign Boris's client for that amount of money. Not because he's Boris's client, because he's not worth that amount of money. There's always another pitcher. There's always another player. Challenge your front office to be better, to find players not who are being overpaid, but who are undervalued. Find a way to get better that doesn't have a higher probability of making you worse over the long run, if not the short run. Double wait to see here, Coca. Scott Boris talking about and leaking out that Carlos Rodon's going to get six years, $200 million. Take the under. Carlos Rodon will not get $200 million. There is no owner, no matter how desperate they are post-winter meetings, no matter how much they want to make a splash, no matter how good it feels to go to a press conference and hold up a uniform and have a photo opportunity and then walk into spring training and see your brand new shiny toy throwing a bullpen, no matter how great it looks to have his name under your probables as a starting pitcher game two or three of the season and talk about your depth and dream about a ring, no matter how good that is and how much agents play into that desire of owners to feel that way, there's a limit. Rodone will not get his $200 million. Wait to see. That's it for the week. We will be back Monday. If you're in Miami, hey, buy a ticket to Moss Miami. Look forward to meeting you there. If not, I'll be right back here Monday morning. It's just business. Thanks for a great week. This is nothing personal.